Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. I volunteer at preschool on Sundays, and I'll be reading from Matthew 23, um, verses 1 to 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you, (laughs) but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in in marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Thank you, Kriana. That is just awesome, seeing Kriana up here. She not only volunteers in FBC Kids, she's been out at camp all summer, and she's got a thousand-watt smile. So every time I see her, I'm excited to see her, and it's just so cool to see her up here reading scripture for us this morning. I want to say good morning to everyone, everyone joining us here in person, those of you that are joining us online as well, appreciate you all being here. I had an amazing joke lined up this morning, but after my joke last week about Fran, she vetoed it. So just pretend it was really good, um, and then you won't have to go into the berry patch. I I had to do penance on our anniversary picking raspberries. And so anyhow, long story short, we're going to skip that. So we're in a series, we're starting a series, uh, we started a series last week called Life Upside Down, and we're in our second week now, and we're going to be looking at how Jesus calls us to live completely upside down in a second way, namely, that he calls us to understand that the least are the greatest, that the first will be last, and that the last will be first, which is a complete upside down picture compared to the way that we do life as normal. Now, last week I didn't get a chance to say that this whole series, again, is going to be speaking to those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning, or if you're joining us online and you're just checking out church for the first time, you're not sure about this whole church thing, you're definitely not sure about Jesus or whatever, let me just give you a little bit of an understanding of what you're getting yourself into here. And first of all, welcome. Thanks for coming. You're not alone. Every week we've got people here that are in the same position of you that are just checking this out. And we love that. We welcome you here and hope that as we go through this and as we unpack these things from week to week, by the uh, the time you spend some time with this, this will start to actually hold some water. And you'll find yourself starting to subscribe and buy in. So first of all, we believe 
there was a historical Jesus. That Jesus was an actual person that lived a long time ago. A recent study in Australia found that over half of the population now is unsure of whether Jesus is actually a historical figure. And we definitely believe that that's the case. They are starting to question it and wonder about if it's superstition, if it's some sort of a myth. So a good portion of the, of the population is starting to question it on those grounds. Some others are just unsure, haven't really ever checked it out. But now over, 40, or over 50% uh, don't know that Jesus was a historical figure, an actual figure that lived and died. But gets better. We don't just believe that he was a historical figure. We believe that he was also God come to earth. Yeah, and, and that sounds like a, a complete mind bend in itself. For some of you, that is life upside down. What do you mean? Jesus was God? Yes, we believe that Jesus was God. And we believe that he came because he came to solve our biggest problem, man's biggest problem, which is sin. And some of you don't even understand what sin is all about. And you're not sure that that's our biggest problem. You're not even sure that that is a problem. Well, stick around. We're going to try and help you understand that to be the case. Sin basically is rebellion against God. It's where we say we don't care what you think, God. We're going to do things our way. And as that happens, as we have adopted sin and chosen sin over God's perspective and God's ways, well, then that's got us into this huge mess that we live out on a day-to-day -day basis, personally and corporately in the world around us. It's kind of like if you got in a new car and you're driving along and you hit a curb and it bent the rims on your wheels and you keep driving at that point and now the car is wobbling and it's shaking vigorously, vehemently as you're driving along. You're still moving, you're still going forward, but it is rattling your teeth. And if you're not careful, you start to bite your tongue and pretty soon you hit your head and things start to happen and all kinds of a mess starts to develop. That's kind of a little bit of an analogy, if you will, for sin. That's what it's done to our world. Our world is no longer working the way it's supposed to. It's rattling along, it's shaking, it's coming apart at the seams. The bolts are starting to come apart. All kinds of issues are developing. But not only do we have issues that have resulted from sin, there's also a consequence of sin. And the consequence is that one day when we die, we will be separated from God if we don't make peace with Him, if we don't bring ourselves back into relationship with Him. And that's what Christ came to accomplish. That's why we think it's the biggest problem that man faces. Is that if we don't get this right, if we don't see this and understand this, then we will be separated from God for eternity in what is called hell. And so Christ came and what He did was that by His perfect life and then His death and resurrection, He paid the penalty of sin on our behalf. So that we no longer have to pay that penalty, but that we can place our faith in what He has done in our place, and as we do, then we are restored in our relationship with God. So just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, then now sin has been accounted for and dealt with by one person, Jesus Christ. But it is still our decision as to whether or not we're going to follow Him, whether we're going to subscribe to Him or not. He gives us that decision, and it's ours to make. And as we do or we don't, then we will experience then either the reward of relationship with Him going forward, or we will continue to experience the effects of sin, which is spiritual death and separation from God.
So that's what we believe in a, in a nutshell. That's the core of what we're about here at FBC, and that's what we're going to ask you to actually subscribe to, to buy into at some point. That's not, we're not going to force that on you. We're going to make our case week by week. So I would encourage you to stick around. Check this out. Start to see if it actually does hold water. But it doesn't just stop there. Because if Jesus Christ is God, then what He says matters. What He says we had best then be paying attention to. And that's what this series is all about. We're going to unpack some of what He says because what He says turns our life upside down if we hear Him and if we decide to follow Him. And so we're going to look at that today in respect to this whole idea that the least will be greatest and the greatest will be least. So as we dive in this morning, would you pray with me and we'll just ask God to speak to us all wherever we're at in our spiritual journey and that we'd know Him better by the time we leave this morning. Father, today again, as we come together and as we look at Your Word and as You try and speak into our world in order to turn our lives upside down so that we would know You better, so that we would understand life properly, so that we would be able to then live for You accordingly, I pray that You would come by Your Spirit and that You would speak to us, that You would help us that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would see ourselves clearly so that we could then understand where we need to adjust. And that we wouldn't just understand it, Lord, but that we would lean into you, that you would help us to do that. That you would help us to accomplish it, for we can't do it on our own. So to that end, we ask these things now, and I pray them all in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. All right. So last week, we looked at Jesus' statement those who will try to keep their lives will lose it. But those who lose their life for him, for his sake, will find life. And this week now, we're going to see that what he's calling us to is going to build on that. That as he calls us to lose our lives, which is to say that we would lay down our life and serve others around us ahead of ourselves, that we'll find our lives, but... It's a little bit more than that as we see now him speak into us about being the least and the greatest and the greatest and the least. So, whereas before we found out that he's calling us to serve, now we're finding out how he's calling us to serve and who he's calling us to serve. So he's building on what he said before as he turns our life upside down now in a new way. So if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 9, verses 46 to 48. Luke chapter 9, verses 46 to 48. If you're here and you didn't have a Bible, you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Just follow us along on the screens or there's a Bible in front of you in the pew. If you want to use that, by all means, you're welcome to do that as well. Now Matthew, Mark, and Luke all speak to this account. They have various versions of what Jesus is saying here. So you can find this in all of those different books. But we're going to just look at it from the perspective of Luke this morning, and then we'll go from there. So Luke chapter 9, verses 46 to 48. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. 
For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. All right. So an argument has broken out amongst the disciples. And we're not sure exactly what that was about. There's some speculation that it was all based on the fact that some of them had gone up to be able to see Jesus transfigured, which is covered a few verses earlier than this in, in the Gospel of Luke. So anyways, at whatever point, we're not 100% sure, but the point is, is the fact is, is that an argument breaks out amongst the disciples. And they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the, in the whole scheme of things here. And Jesus knows their thoughts. And so he takes this opportunity then, recognizing where they come from or where they're coming from in their headspace right now, he seizes this opportunity to speak into their lives about what the hierarchy really looks like, how it actually works in his perspective. And so he does so by the example of a child. And we're going to move through this fairly quickly because then we're going to move on to the passage that Kriana read in just a minute. So I'll try and summarize it quite concisely this morning as best as I can. So Jesus uses this child as a demonstration of what he's talking about in terms of the least shall be greatest. Because at that time in their, in their society, children had no standing. They were literally the least of the society. They had no real clout, no collateral, nothing. And so... A child brought nothing to the table for anyone else either. And therefore, as Jesus says, if you welcome this child, then you're welcoming me and you're welcoming my father. What he's saying is this, is that this is the least of our society. And if you will move down to their level so that you will work with them and that you will serve them, then you will be greatest. If you don't hold yourself above them, if you are willing to serve them, then you're on the right track. That's what this is all about. So, at that point, what we need to understand is that Jesus is calling us not just to serve, which is a mind bend in and of itself. It's life upside down already, but he's calling us to serve more specifically than that. He's calling us to serve as the lowliest and the lowliest. That we're to consider ourselves at the bottom of the heap and be willing to work with those that are on that same level. That we would welcome them, that we would see them as valuable, that we would lend ourselves to them, that we would lean into them with our lives, with whatever collateral, with whatever ability that we have to make their lives better. So that's where he's going with, this, with that. But we have to recognize a qualification in what he's asking of us here as well this morning. We can't just leave it at that. Because what Jesus says is if you will receive them, if you will welcome them for my sake, in my name, then you are actually on the full right path. So it's not just a question of serving. It's not just a question of serving the lowliest. Serving as the lowliest. It's a question of serving them because we love Jesus Christ, because we subscribe to who He is, because we want to be obedient to Him going forward. So now we understand that it's not just serving 
but it's how we serve and who we serve as well. So it turns life upside down there. We are to live our lives, you and I today as followers of Jesus Christ, caring for everyone around us just because Jesus calls us to. And on account of because of who He is. On account of who He is and what He's done for us. And as we get to that point where that's our only and our full motivation, now we have reached the pinnacle of Christ's hierarchy of greatness. It's an inverse triangle where to be great, we need to go down. We have to go lower, not up. So this precludes then anyone arguing about who's the greatest. The the disciples would have immediately understood that, whoa, by virtue of what we're doing right now, we've just disqualified ourselves because we are looking at trying to accomplish greatness for ourselves. You can't have that argument if you've understood the concept. Because it is in no way, shape, or form about us. It's all about everyone else and what God has called us to do. So as we think about our lives and as we think about trying to climb the ladder of success, we're missing the point completely. As we try and become greater to whatever extent that that's happening in our lives, that we're wrestling with that, that we're contending with that, to that extent, then we're missing the point. We've completely missed what God is calling us to. Greatness isn't an issue. Let me just serve. Let me serve everyone because I love Jesus Christ and because of what He's done for me and what we want Him to do for others as well. So service then is not to elevate ourselves We're to serve everyone and anyone without regard to status, theirs or ours. R.C. Sproul puts it this way, God measures greatness in terms of service, obedience, and humility. There's There's the trifecta. Greatness in God's eyes is defined by, first of all, our service, our obedience, and then our humility. So we have to be really careful then to understand that as we commit to responding to God's call to serve others, that we don't allow that now to become perverted by our own ambition, by our own agendas, that we would just serve for Christ's sake and carry on and go from there. That we wouldn't allow the wrong motives to creep into our lives and disqualify us even as we serve. Now we see this case in point where things went off the rails, where ambitions and attitudes and motives messed things up in no less than the the Pharisees and the scribes themselves. And so Jesus speaks into that in this passage that Kriana read this morning, Matthew 23, verses 1 to 12. And so let's go back there and take a really quick look at that passage as we see 
They miss the point. And Jesus calls them on it. And right after this, that section of Scripture, scripture He goes on into the woes for the Pharisees and the scribes. And you want to read that too to recognize how significant missing this mark means to Jesus. So let's look at it quickly. Matthew 23, verses 1-12. to I'll read it again and then we'll try and summarize it quickly this morning. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to His disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have only one father, and he is in heaven." Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus starts out, starts out by saying, hey, these teachers of the law, these scribes and the Pharisees, when they're instructing you in the law, when they're telling you about the law of Moses, the Mosaic law, well then pay attention. Because these guys know the law. There's no doubt about that. And the Pharisees and the scribes did. They knew it inside and out, backwards and forwards, upside down. They could tell you all kinds of things about the law. But they were missing the point of the law. And so what they were doing was, that they were living for themselves. So Jesus says, listen to them when they talk about the, about the law, but don't follow them the way that they live. Don't try and use them as a model because they're missing the point. They were not good representatives of the law at all. Again, like I said, they could, they could tell you about the law, but they couldn't help you understand the law. They were supposed to be helping people understand about God. That was what the law was about. It was to help everyone to understand God, to bring themselves in line with Him so that they would be able to, to live according to who He was and what He's all about. But they were perverting it. They were using their service for their own benefit. And as a result of that, they were really, really poor models. Now this morning, this passage is about the Pharisees and the scribes. It's speaking specifically into their lives, but we can't hide behind that today and say that this is all about them. It doesn't apply to me, because it does apply to us too. You and I now are representatives of Jesus Christ as we call ourselves followers of Him. And we are to go out there and we are to help others to understand God. That's what we're called to do. That's why we're called to serve. So that we would be able to make a difference in people's lives so that we would hopefully then be able to introduce them to Jesus Christ. To help them to see that He is God. 
to help them understand that he came to give his life in place of ours so that they wouldn't suffer the consequence of sin. And so as a result of that, then we need to be paying attention here as Jesus speaks into the lives of the Pharisees and the scribes that he's also, by extension, speaking into you and me today so that we would understand how we are to serve for him. The Pharisees wanted to be seen and recognized as important in their service. They wanted to be treated with honor and respect by the people, by the unwashed masses out there. So their position, their service again, became all about stoking that desire. They wanted to be regarded with esteem and honored. And that was exactly the antithesis of what Jesus is asking for. What God is all about. That this isn't about you and me. This is about serving for Him. What's more, then Jesus goes on to speak to His disciples. And He unpacks some more things here. And again, this wasn't just the twelve. We can't excuse this as just God speaking in to the twelve disciples' lives. This is a whole bunch of people that called themselves followers of Jesus at that time that have been following along and, and listening to him. And so at that point, he, he looks right at them and he says, hey kids, hey kids, don't aspire to positions and titles. Don't succumb to that trap. Don't, don't live for those things. Don't go after that. In short, Leave those titles of honor to God. Let's leave the real credit where the credit is due with Him. And instead, then consider ourselves as brothers and sisters and live like that. Not one over another, but as brothers and sisters equal, level. So all together then, all told, summing that up really quickly, Jesus turns our lives upside down by showing that we are to operate, we are to serve others from a stance of obedience and humility. Does that not sound like life upside down to you? That it's not about us? That we're not to pursue any gains in it or through it? That we're called just to serve people, to care for them without any expectation or any ambitions of our own. A couple ancillary points to this just before we close this morning. First of all, this doesn't mean that we are to relegate ourselves to the lowliest positions in life. That somehow we have to aspire to the lowliest of houses, the lowliest of jobs, the lowliest of vehicles, in order to get this right. That's not it at all. God has a plan for each one of us. And that plan's going to take us all in different places, different directions. Some of us are going to be in positions of considerable influence and power. 
And as God leads you there, that's totally fine. That's good. That's great. Follow Him wherever He leads. Some of us are not. A lot of us are not. Most of us are not going to be in those positions. And that's totally fine as well because He's leading you exactly to where He wants you. And what we need to understand today is that it doesn't matter who we are or where we are, we're there to do God's job. The job that He's given us to do. And they are equal. The president is no better than the janitor. And the janitor is every bit as important as the president. And we need to understand that. We need to see that today. So as God leads you into whatever position that he puts you in, whatever is, that is for the plan in your life, then what he's asking of us is not to avoid those positions, not to re- resist him in his leading there, but to then when, as we get there, to not allow that to corrupt us, to pervert us in our perspectives of ourselves, in our perspectives of others, and in the way that we serve. So let him take you where he's going to take you because that's where you want to be is where God leads and guides and directs. But as you go, go with the right perspective of serving him just because of who he is and what he's done. Secondly, this morning, we talked about this in our ser- a series about the fruit of the Spirit making waves. And again, here we find that we cannot go out and just do this on our own. We can try. We can go out tomorrow or this afternoon right away and we can try to turn our own lives upside down. And we can try and accomplish this by ourselves. And at best, we're going to get some sort of a pathetic, false, counterfeit attempt. We're going to present a half-baked picture to the world around us. So where we need to start with this again is with our relationship with Jesus Christ. That we have to go to Him. And we have to ask Him to speak into our world to change our perspective because we can't do that on our own. And we're going to need His help. So I encourage you, make this a part of your prayer life. Day by day. Lord, I offer myself to You today. Help me to be ready to serve. Help me to be willing to serve anyone on the same level, from the same perspective, without any of these corruptions, without any of these perversions where I try and harness this and turn it into something about me and or for me. Help me to be pure, pure in that so that I can help turn someone else's life upside down as well.
And as you and I do that, as we commit ourselves to that and ask for God to help us do that, then I believe he will. That he will come in and he will rebuild our perspectives so that it's less and less about me day by day. It becomes more and more about him. And as we do, then we will have an influence for him in the world around us. And somehow in God's economy, he will look down and see you and say, you're great. Let's pray. Father, now, this concept is so simple in so many respects. Seems so straightforward, but Father, it cuts right to the very core of who we are in our carnal, sinful nature where we see that sin has corrupted us and perverted us in our perspective so far and so different from who you are. And so this morning I would pray that you would help us to change that. That by your Spirit that you would come alongside each one of us and that you would speak to us so that we would recognize that we're just serving because of who you are, and that everyone is on the same level, including ourselves. And that if we would just let go of our own perspectives, our own sense of great, that we would be able to become great in your eyes instead. So to that end, I ask for your blessing, and I ask for your assistance, and I pray these things now in Christ's name and for his sake alone. Amen. Thanks for coming, everybody. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful day out there. And see you next week where we'll unpack number three.